Hello and welcome back to the Notch 20 Review! I am your host and executive producer here since talking. And with me today is... Pookie. Units. Otter. As well as two babies. <clears throat> Gabriel and Griffin. Anyways. Um, we do not have handles yet. No, they don't have handles yet. Uh, but anyways, uh, today we're reviewing 2nd uh, Edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, we, we are in our month asterisk of D&D. Um, and last week we reviewed original Dungeons and Dragons and it reviewed poorly. I believe it's the it's actually the first game uh, in our review cycle that has received an F and this time it was Austin's phone that wasn't muted. So we are we are breaking brand new ground in the uh, in the podcasting world. Um, the trick is the trick is nobody else's phone's muted either. No. Um, so, Austin. Neither are babies. Tell us about 2nd Edition AD&D. So, 2nd Edition D&D is sort of the pinnacle of what Gary Gygax wanted D&D to be. It was the last version that Gary Gygax was directly involved in. Um, and you'll notice that we're skipping first advanced D&D. That's because first advanced D&D is basically not polished second D&D. Uh, sort of like third edition is not polished 3-5. So um, the biggest mechanical difference is, is you have a lot more options, uh, mainly in proficiencies. You have weapon proficiencies and non-weapon proficiencies that allow you to do role-playing things, that allow you to be like, hey, I have skill as a carpenter, or I have skill as a tracker, I have skill with musical instruments, that sort of thing. In addition to that, classes are have more things they can do. In addition and there to your, are more of them. There are more of them. In addition to your fighter, you have your paladin, who has healing abilities and divine abilities, and you have your ranger, who has stealth abilities. You have a druid, who is the alternate to the cleric. You have... There's still only one mage, but you now have specialist mages who can get more spells in exchange for not casting from certain schools. Uh, the bard came into existence. So, overall, there's... It's just a lot more options, and then they cleaned up a lot of the excess stuff. There's no longer an entire chart dedicated to um, what weapons affect what AC. AC is AC. It doesn't modify if you're wielding a dagger or a pickaxe anymore. Um, aside from that, things are a little bit more logical. Thaco progression has a, has a rational reasoning. Not everything has rational reasoning, but Thaco progression does. Uh, saving throws are still arbitrary. What is Thaco? Thaco is two hit at AC zero, and is sort of the standard. The 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 the, the meme of D and D. It's the it's it, the origin of base attack bonus that we'll get into next week. But it's 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 sort of what second edition is known for, and why second edition is known to be overly complicated. Yeah. Because what you want you want your Thaco to be low, because you want to roll higher than your Thaco to hit a negative AC, because you want your AC to be low. Because you um, add, you subtract, you add your AC to your opponent's attack roll to determine if you hit. Yeah, it has a logical progression. The logic is just not human logic; it's moon logic. Um, there's also well, there's also other stunning innovations that this edition has uh, from original Dungeons and Dragons, such as uh, there are variations to the attribute rolling rules. 
Uh, I think the, the the normal rules are still roll three d six and whatever you get you place. There there are four normal rules. There's yeah. roll three d six and place, which they don't recommend. Roll forty six, and there that's their place. You can also uh, roll forty six, <laughs> take the lowest. You can also roll three d six, assign roll them as you will. Roll forty six, drop the lowest. Yeah. Roll forty six, drop the lowest. That's their place. Roll three d six, assign them where you will. Um, there's a couple other ones, and then the one that became the most popular was roll 46, drop the lowest, put them where you will. Which they warn against in the book as potentially creating super characters, characters who have, you know, numbers higher than 15. In places that they want. Yeah, um, except that a lot of stats, if your number isn't higher than 15, it has no mechanical benefit. Yep. Because they have very nonlinear progression. Yeah, so that's still a thing where uh, progression is still nonlinear. Experience uh, totals determine different levels based on your class. Yes. Um, different classes can use different aspects. Like the fighter is the only one that gets anything out of exceptional strength. Uh, all warriors get exceptional strength. The fighters are the only ones who get to weapon specialize. Yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah, fighters get to weapon specialize. Warriors get exceptional strength. Also, warriors are the only people who benefit from a 17 or 18 con. Yep. A thief with an 18 con doesn't get any more hit points than a thief with a 16 con. Now, uh, I didn't play a spellcaster this time. Uh, Holly did, but she played an off spellcaster. Uh, what is the spell progression like? Is it still limited like it was in original Dungeons Dragons? It's, yeah, basically... There, you don't get any bonus spells for anything ex- unless you're a specialist withered, and then you get one extra spell of your school at each level. All right. Yeah. So it's so, not a lot of spells that you can cast per day. Got it. And there's the second phone that was not muted. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, overall, lots of improvements on, on the original Dungeons & Dragons formula. Uh, the, and we'll get into more of these improvements as we go. Mine's muted. I, I will say the, the biggest confusion the is, do I want to roll high or do I want to roll low? Yeah. And do I want this number to be high? For example, you want your saving throws to be low because you want to roll high on them, but you want your Thaco to be low because you want and you want to roll high on it. But on the flip side, you want your AC, uh, no, you want your skills to be high so you can roll low on them. Like a natural one is a critical success. And you want your AC to be low because it adds to their Thaco. No, it, sub- it subtracts from the Thaco. It adds to their attack. So you want your AC to be low, though, or high, or something. It's weird. Negative numbers are good. And Sometimes. Bad. Oh, that whole thing. Oh, okay. Anyways, so let's get into it. Uh, so um, we all made characters. We ran through the same. We ran through the same dungeon, randomly generated out of the GMs, out of the, the GM stuff. The, uh, I will say the original. the the tools, the monster manual are much <laughs> we'll get into, better. We'll get into that in a bit. Um, we but. played. Uh, I played a fighter. Uh, we had two rogues. One was a normal rogue. Uh, one was a rogue with a uh, multi-class mage. Um, so yeah, let's go. Let's get into what we liked about the system. So Holly, what'd you like about the system? It wasn't first edition. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't original. Specifically, any specifics that would be lovely for this review mm-hmm. podcast we're doing. <laughs> um, it was pretty easy to um, easy and quick. To come up with a character mm-hmm. for the system, and it wasn't decided for me. I got to actually choose mm-hmm. the character. Uh, I think 
That's the big thing. Um, is this what I really liked about it? Yeah, what you did, liked about did it. Did we skip first impressions? Oh, yeah, no, that's we right. Did we did skip first impressions. First impressions. <laughs> I have a baby in my lap. I'm going to blame that. First impressions. Because that's what I was going to say for first impressions. First impressions. Yeah, you, you All right. got, you it, got to It's easy and quick yeah. to, okay. to be able. Yeah. First impressions of the system. Okay. Um, my first impressions um, are that had a lot uh, more significant amount more detail than um, uh, than original D&D and there was actually a whole piece of paper on which to place these details and not just uh, like an index card. Yeah. So I was like oh okay so we're, we're stepping it up a little Specificity. bit. Specificity. Yeah there's there's more details not just like okay you're playing a fighter and that's it. Yep. When you're playing a fighter roll dice. Yeah. Awesome. Um Stepping back a ways to my actual first impressions, uh, I have two levels of first impression. Number one, why are these numbers so jank? <laughs> why are all the numbers? It's it doesn't take as long to learn as you expect, but it's very intimidating the first time you see it. Yeah. My other impression was this game was not designed for classes to be balanced against each other. Mm-hmm. Um. Fighters are amazing fighters, but they but they just can't perform thief skills. Steve is the only people who can perform thief skills, but you know they're not good at much else. Mages cast magic that's really powerful, but that's really all they do when they run into magic. They've got nothing left. Right. So there's it's it's very much the classes are all designed to be a tool that work mm-hmm. together. There you can't build a all-in-one character. Not even the bard is truly an all-in-one character. Which is true going up. Like, uh, skipping one particular edition, uh, all of the classes are pretty like that, but in this one no. it's particularly restrictive. Coming from second coming from second edition going into 3.5 and especially 5th yeah. edition, everything starts to blur the line when you can be like, I want a frontline armor-wearing sorcerer class, or I want... A, yeah. a fighter with rogue skills. Yeah, but there are still certain things that they can't really do. But um, that's, yeah, that's the other thing that, but that, not that specifically. Sorry, going back to what he was saying about the the numbers being yeah. messed up. Like when I first when N- numbers are jank. When they're trying to explain Thaco to me, I'm like, but it doesn't make sense. The negative numbers shouldn't be, and the positive numbers shouldn't be. It's like. Negative I numbers was, shouldn't be higher than positive numbers. What's going on here? I was. I was. Guy Gax, you mad wizard. I, I was I was not a happy camper. I'm like, this makes no mathematical sense whatsoever. I'm going to go ahead and point out for anybody who wants to learn 2nd edition and use Thaco, get a Thaco chart. They make it so much easier. Yeah. So, for me, first impressions were, what the hell's Thaco? Uh, that's pretty, that sums up pretty much I every in, in like a thing. Uh, there's a lot of math. I know it's a word. In this game. Kind of. And we had a character sheet that hid a lot of that math from us, but if you were to play this originally with the original character sheets... I that, that was pretty close to the original character sheet. The only thing it added was it added the Thaco chart. Yeah. Oh. The, um, yeah. When, when you doing Thaco in your head is math. Yes. Is weird math. It takes a bit of time to get used to. Um, also, well, I'll get into it in a bit, but like, like... When I actually started looking at the rules and the things and how to make a character, there's a lot of arbitrary information that doesn't coordinate or align with anything, which is very jarring coming backwards at it from 3.5. 
As in, in 3.5, everything aligns with a specific idea, thought process, formula. And then in this, they're just like, what are my saving throws? Oh, a number. Why? Reasons. Or, let me find, where do I find my saving throws? Oh, they're in the combat section. Why is character creation information in combat? Because there's no character creation section. Yeah. So that was, uh, so now we will move on to things that we liked, which is the appropriate position of that segment in this podcast that we do on a regular basis. That somebody uh, is in charge of. That I'm the executive producer of. <laughs> you think I know these things. You would think. Holly, what'd you like about the game? Camels. <laughs> Not about the specific session. Wait, you mean everyone doesn't have camels? <laughs> um, I am so glad you said that. What? You were talking at me. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. My child's facing your child. Yep. Turn the rest of my body. There. Um. So now it just went out of my head. Dun, 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 Sh- shall we come back to you? Dun, yes, please. Dun, dun. Katie. Sorry. Uh, what did I like? I like that it had more details and that you. I actually felt more connected to that the character that's um <laughs> like you kind of you you kind of took ownership of i or at least for me personally i took more ownership of the character because you had a say in uh in her creation um I also like I also like D twenties. I hadn't I haven't had a lot of experience with it. For those of you who may not know, or who do know, I do, I am very new to tabletop RPGs, um, so I don't have a whole lot of um, experience with dice. What I do have experience with um, on the other games we play are um, like D sixes, D eights, D fours. There's not a whole lot of D twenty usage. I like rolling the D twenty. The rolling the D twenty is very satisfying. Um, and I think there should be more D20 usage in, in other there are. tabletop RPG things. Um, and I thought this, this like the, the options for, st- uh, Austin can shed more light on this, but the, um, it seemed to me like the storytelling options were better. Because you had skills and tools at your disposal besides just combat stuff. Like, there's just more details all around it, told more of a story. There are more detailed characters, there are more detailed. Yeah, it's a better ability to tell a story, which I appreciate. Well, we'll we'll chain that into Austin. Um, Yeah, it's got a great monster manual just right off the bat. It's so easy to go in and go through charts and be like, you know what, let's, uh, I didn't have time to plan or whatever, I'm just going to pull out these monsters, and they're more balanced to the levels. Um, when we get to 3.5, we'll go into how the monster manual and the challenge ratings for 3.5 are completely erroneous <laughs> and all made up. Um, but second edition, characters leveling up is not as dramatic, and so it's a lot easier to challenge players and to create things that the players can interact with on a more interesting level. And non-weapon proficiencies are very... The non-weapon proficiencies are basically the skills, and there's so many things you can pick, and there's so many things that you can 
choose. It's not like, here's a list of skills. It's, here's a list of suggestions, and if you want to say anything else, go right ahead. Yeah. Yeah, for me, um, I, I've talked before about how I enjoy when uh, mechanics inform the story of what the game you're playing. We talked about, we had a, we had a, I had a long diatribe when we played Kings of Tokyo about how the mechanics didn't reinforce the story they were trying to tell. Yeah. Um, well, this is the beginning of, and I, it'll, it'll get better as we go on, but this is the beginning of D&D being able to use those mechanics to help you tell your story. And not just in a, uh, you know, there's more room for me to do stuff capacity, but incidental, incidental storytelling, which is some of the best storytelling. Um, you know, the fact that this ro- this rogue is good at appraisal and lockpicking, and this rogue has magic. Well, and, That uh, by itself tells a very different story for each rogue. And Katie's rogue had carpentry. Yeah. Which was something that's sort of entirely a character-building choice. It's not a big mechanical choice. It's a character-building choice. And yet it still came in useful at yeah. one point. Mm-hmm. They she built a barricade because she had carpentry. Yeah, like your your ability to your your ability to um, pick whatever skill you want influences the story you tell with your character. It also influences actions you can take in the game. You know, you get you get to think a little bit more outside the box. Whereas in OD and D, you were firmly stuck inside that box and it had a chart. Uh, you can do you can do these three things and you can only do these three things. And this, there's, there's way more flexibility, just, you know, miles ahead. And and to be fair, we are skipping some of the stepping stones that got us there by skipping first AD&D, AD but all those stepping stones are still here. Um, and the results of that, I find to be very good. Um, and that's, that, that's pretty much the biggest thing I like about it, is, is just that it is that introduction to mechanical storytelling. Uh, Holly, was there anything you wanted to add? <clears throat> um... I think that was basically it. The uh, that you're able to do more with it. You're able. I felt like there was a little more of like a storyline, and you're actually able to do fun things with your character. Yep. All right. Okay. Well, so now that we've gone through things that we like, let's talk about things that we dislike about the system. Right. Hi again. Yeah. Um, hold on. Uh, it's um, where it's still open, or it's more open than original D anD D, but I feel that it's still very limiting to your choices in it. Yeah. Um, especially when it came to picking spells, I felt like there really wasn't a wide selection of spells. I mean, all you really need to sleep, from. but what? All you really need is sleep, but oh, oh, don't we all talk about yeah. balance? I mean, I, I'm used to picking from a much larger list of spells. Yeah, having more variety. I, yeah, um, I think that was a big thing. And also, I mean, you've got your basic classes and your basic races, but I feel like there's nothing special there. You know, like, for instance, there's no, absolutely no reason to play a human. Yeah. Unless you're a paladin. Or if you want to enforce the rule that only humans can advance to the max level of any given class. Yeah, which is weird. Which is sort of a feel-bad. Yeah. And like they're they're just strictly inferior to all the other races. Yeah, like half elves are just better humans. Yep. Uh, all right, Katie. Oh, oh, I'm 
Sorry. Oh, no, the, 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 whole, the whole negative positive numbers thing really Thaco. really yeah. bothered me. Well, it's not just Thaco, it's the intermittent roll high now, roll low now, roll high now, roll low now. Yeah, that 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 got a bit confusing because, you know, I'm still learning it's like, oh, you want, you know, and, you know, Austin, you know, to his credit, Austin was trying to explain, it's like, oh, it'd be good if you roll high here, oh, it'd be good if you roll low here. But, you know, when you're rolling, you know, and you're looking at what you're rolling, you're going, I don't know if that's, you know, I still haven't learned whether that's good or bad. And having played different playing different systems, it's confusing. You know, it's like, I don't know if I'm going for the high roll or the low roll. Yeah. And it, it, it can be uh, confusing. And that could just be me as a player. Oh, that was confusing for us too. That, like me as a player, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, Oh, I rolled really low. Oh, that's a good thing. Oh, okay. Oh, I rolled really low. Oh, no, that's not a good thing. You know, I... I... You know, I just... I I, I disliked that, because that, that, for me, was just confusing. And I also, even though my husband and uh, Austin were very helpful, I hate worksheets. <laughs> I know I said I like having more detail, but I hate worksheets. You I like just... having more detail when it's not a mathematical equation for all of them. Yeah, it just I don't like worksheets. Yep. Like, I don't mind telling a story. I don't mind creating a character. I just don't like worksheets. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um. All right, awesome. Uh, my least favorite thing about this system is... Some things are just mechanically better than others. The spell sleep is super broken. Because in this game, uh, for those who are familiar with the spell sleep, usually in, in like 3-5 and, and stuff, it's... In 5th Ed, you, you cast a spell, they, have a, a, they, they do some sort of resistance check, and if they fail, they fall asleep. In 5th Ed, it's a hit point check. In this game, it's a... You know, in 3-5, it's a, it's a saving throw. In this game, you cast sleep, and they just fall asleep. Period. It's like, there are six goblins in this room. I cast sleep. They're all asleep now. You coup de gras all of them. End of encounter. Yeah. This is counteracted by the fact that the mage, at first level, casts that spell one time and then is out of spells for the day. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it's the hard, super high, super low. Um, and it's it's just sort of really awkward. No. Uh, in addition to that, is, when, this, is this the addition where experience was singular, not shared? No, experience typically was always shared okay. unless you were playing variants. Another thing, for example, though, um, when Holly was making her 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 mage thief, and I love the multi class system. I don't think I mentioned that, but the multi class system for second edition is my favorite multi class system. But when she was making her character, it's like, okay, what range weapon do you want to use? And if you don't pick bow, you're wrong. Yeah. Because you're an elf, and you get a bonus to bows, and oh yeah, bows are just the best missile weapon. And if you pick anything else, you're making a mechanically disadvantaged character. Yeah. It's and as and with with weapons, John picked a broadsword, and I'm like, hey, that's kind of like a longsword, but just straight worse. Yeah. And in my case, though, I couldn't afford the longsword. Yeah. Um, but there's just a lot of. Strictly worse, strictly better. Yeah. And it's awkward. Yep. So. 
Um, although actually the broadsword, not necessarily strictly worse because for most enemies it's better, and then no, for some for, enemies it's no, worse. No, it does the same damage against medium enemies, and it does straight less damage against large yeah, enemies. But two d four versus one d eight. It doesn't. Does it two d four normally? Broadsword two d four. Okay. Two d four versus one d eight, which oh yes, yes, yes mechanically two d four is better than one d eight. I'm thinking of like the scimitar. Yeah. That or one was strict. Was strict the Kopesh. Yeah. Or how many words for sword? There's like 20 pole arms. Yeah. And two of them are good. Yeah. And the rest are just worse than those two. Yep. Um, so for me, probably the worst thing about the game is just the, the, there, there are an innumerable numbers of distractions from the game within the mechanics itself. Like, balance issues aside, and restrictions aside, the character sheet is very busy. Very, very busy. You have your Thaco, you have your saving throws, you have your, uh, you have the chart of your weapons, which has, like, 15, each of your weapons has, like, 15 different things you can keep track of on it, depending on your own stats. Each, each attribute has five or six things it can do, if you're the right class and have the right level of attribute. Um, and then other and then other aspects of them, they're really good for you, but only if they're at a certain level. And if they're below that, they don't matter at all, unless they're too far below that, in which case they're a huge detriment to you. And your saving throws are random, depending on your level. They don't actually have like any scene to cohesion, cohesive thought. All of which wraps back around to the same thing that I said last on the last edition. This is the last, fortunately, of the Gygaxian designed D and D editions. I mean, I kind of like it. But it has the same problem that all of Gygax's design things have, which, say it with me now, he didn't want certain people to play him. So he made them intentionally obscure. Like, I'm, I fully believe that the reason... So, all, from a design perspective, alternating, alternating which direction is good, i.e. high is good or low is good, alternating that fact arbitrarily is a poor design choice and in this case it was an intentional design choice the reason it's a poor design choice is because it does exactly what it does in this in the sense it confuses your players you either want everything to always be going up or always be going down you don't want to go back and forth going back and forth creates confusion because we're designed we're built to follow patterns this goes up as good, this goes up as good, this goes up as good, therefore always expect going up to be good, and you have a, you know, you have a thing that you can easily read and understand. It's how the later editions of D&D work. Up is good, down is bad. <laughs> Universally. Um, and so, this intentional use of confusing mechanics, and intentional use of busy character sheets and busy information and information that just seems arbitrarily added in, is only meant to confuse you. Because if you get confused by it, then you shouldn't be playing the game, is the design philosophy. And that is the biggest thing that I have to dislike about this. The game was fun when we played it, and once we understood it, and even though we were still stumbling here and there, we could still have fun, and we did have fun, and we yeah. had more fun playing it than we had in OD&D. Oh, yeah. But it's still a system that actively hates its players. Yeah, it's like, I, I don't... It, it's one of those things, like, I am fairly certain I'm not a stupid person. No. But... <laughs> no, but 
You're not a stupid uh, person. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but you're hardwired to think in certain patterns yeah. because the human race is hardwired to think in certain patterns. Yeah. And the idea that the ability to ignore the patterns you're built to think in is a good thing is silly. Um, so yeah, that's the thing I dislike about it. Uh, materials. How much? So you have all the books or just most of them? Uh, I have the three core books, yeah. which they sell nowadays, $50 a piece. Uh, Player's Handbook, Dungeon Master's Guide, and um, the DMG. The Monster Manual, sorry. Um, there were so many splat books that we didn't use. Yeah. Second edition rivals 3.5 for the most splat books. It may have more. How much did they, uh, when they were released, how much did they cost? Um, Do you remember? The splat books, a lot of them were small paperbacks. I want to say between twenty to thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, probably inflated, inflated for times. Probably in, in the range of like thirty-five bucks nowadays. Okay. Um, do you, do you, and so fifty dollars for a book that we got that we could find for free online. By the way, yeah. Um, and to, to clarify a thing or two about the materials, these books had artwork in them. <laughs> I don't think you could technically call that artwork. So, first edition got in a lot of trouble because their artwork was very <clears throat> dark fantasy. Like, there was a picture of a woman, a topless woman on an altar with a dagger over her. And, you know, they had all these, you know, the deities and stuff. Second edition... Satan is, worship. Well, and that's where the accusations came from. Second edition very intentionally stepped away. Second edition is the only edition that has no specific um, list of deities and is very careful to mention and clerics don't have to have deities you can be of a thing and the pictures are very conservative they're awkwardly drawn They're, they're very reminiscent of old magic cards they've got that same sort of some of them are oil painting esque. Some of them are, are almost cartoony. So I, was just they, they definitely, the, I was just thinking of the unicorn. Yeah, they definitely remind me of like sort of a uh, intentional callback to bad Renaissance art. Yeah, and there's not a unifying theme. Like three five art is very consistent. Pathfinder art's very consistent. Fifth ed art's very consistent. Second ed art kind of goes all over the place, um, and. It, it it is sort of the very much the the Renaissance e art. Yeah, the the bad Renaissance art. I want to emphasize. Yeah, not like Da Vinci. No, not good Renaissance art. Bad Renaissance like art. Like the that big tapestry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I I'm not sure if in current times fifty bucks is worth it for the books. I mean, I think so. I like. I I, I really like the edition. But it is it is a commitment as much as any of the other rule books are, yeah. and and as we all like, price is definitely a big problem with D and D. As much as it, as much as there are there are resources to get into them for free, if you want to do it right and have the have the books and 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 pay for it, it can get very expensive. Yeah, especially if you want to be a GM because you need a lot. You need all the books or most of the books. Um, fifth ed did fifth ed is doing some things to combat that, but three point five leaned into it hard. Yes, three five, which we're not reviewing, right? and not yet. 
three five and second edition <laughs> bore the bore the worst of the splat books and the dungeon master dungeon uh, dungeon magazines. Yeah. yeah. Whatever those things were called, I dungeon mastering. Let's just call it. That. They, they were they were some sort of dungeon magazine. Dungeon. Oh no, it was dragon. Dragon, dragon, dragon magazine. That's dragon, dragon magazines magazine. had a lot of expansions, and there's a lot of the, like the complete book of elves, the complete book of gnomes and halflings, the complete book of dwarves, the complete book of bards, the complete book of fighters, the complete book of rangers, the complete book of paladins. This is all second edition. This is all second edition. Like everything had a complete book of. Yeah, and you know another tw- like add another twenty, twenty five, thirty bucks. For each book. And a lot of the books were flavor information, not mechanical information. Yeah. So, really expensive, but you can find places to get it for free. And the majority of the, spend, the, the, majority of the expense is on the DM, not yeah. on the player. The player typically just needs the handbook. Yeah. Um, and if your GM has a handbook, you don't need it. You can borrow it. But you refer to it a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, final thoughts and review scores. On second AD and D, it's fun. Um, it's not amazing, but it's fun. I think I give it a C plus. Okay, just. Um, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it much more than original D and D. Um. And you know, I had fun. You know, it was it was simple and it was straightforward. Mostly, once you it, got, once you knew what was going once on, you knew what was going once you filled out, once you filled out the character sheet, once you filled, yeah, once you filled, that's that's a, that's that's it. Well, filling out the character sheet is the hard part. But um, like I enjoyed, I enjoyed playing it with my friends was a big thing because we had you know the story and we had you know you had to think outside the box and like you know we had there's a. You know, there was a camel thing, and there was the the tr- the mimic that you know got that ate my arm, and you know there you know it, there are fun things to figure out in the um oh Oklahoma um the mummy no the scent the the um whirling the dervishes, dervishes. whirling dervishes oh yeah by the uh, way the books might be slightly racist. Yeah. By modern by modern considerations, yeah, yeah, um, that's a good thing to point out. Only slightly. Um, but I had fun with my friend. I would, I would play it again yep. as opposed to the last one. I would, you know, yeah. use for kindling. <laughs> um, I'll give it a solid B. Okay. So, I really like second Austin edition. Austin gives it an A. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, But I recognize that there are flaws. Um, I actually um, play a second edition group. And I, I do this intentionally, and because I enjoy it. So, <clears throat> it does have some flaws. It's hard to get into. It, But some of the things that other people don't <laughs> like are things that other people will like. Yep. You know... That, that it's not worried about balance. You know, it doesn't matter if one character is a superstar. That's fine. Everyone can enjoy that. You definitely have to get the right group together, though. And because it is such a limited appeal, it's hard for me to say it's an A. Yeah. But I will give it a solid B+. Okay. Because if you get the right group for it, it's great. But it's not the sort of thing that I would see most of the people I play with preferring. Um, I give it a solid C. It's fine. 
It's not like, like, like if I was invited to a game of second edition, I wouldn't say no. Um, it, I would enjoy myself. I would have fun. It's not my preferred edition by any means, but uh, Austin and I don't have the same preferred edition, so that's that's fine. Um, it's fine. Like the game is fine. It's not. It's not atrocious. It's not horrible. I, I, my issues with Gygax's design philosophies does not taint the does not taint my enjoyment of the game. Um. Yeah, it's fine. Just a a C. The the, the definition of fine. <laughs> All right. Uh. Well, that is second edition AD and D. We've made it through two of the five things that we're going to be doing. Um, and so, yeah, uh, next week we'll be back with 3.5. And I think we might have a closer range of scores than we have been. I think we might converge a little bit tighter in our score range um, on 3.5. But until then. I think for the next three we're all going to be a little bit closer together. Yeah. Until then, uh, we have been Final Show Films. We produce a wide variety of content every day of the week. You can check us out on our website at finalshowfilms.com. You can also check us out on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms. And you can now check us out on 411mania.com, a pop culture uh, pop culture entertainment uh, website. They do articles and columns on wrestling, MMA, films, uh, uh, entertainment, music, gaming, uh, which is where you can find us. You can find all of our podcasts in there, along with articles that have fun trivia written by yours truly. So go check them out. I'm confident if you enjoy tabletop RPGs, you will enjoy the trivia at the very least. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks to the411mania.com for letting us post our stuff up there. If you'd like to support us financially and help us keep doing the things that we do, uh, you can do so by going to our Patreon page and donating um, however much you want. We appreciate all of our patron supporters, especially our $25 supporters, Chris Comfort and Antitonic. Uh, if you want to do a donation, but you don't want to do a monthly one, just a one-time donation, you can do so on our website. There's a PayPal Donate Now button there. Uh, so do that. And yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you all next time. Say goodbye, everybody. Adios. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>